Welcome to Movie Making. I'm your host, Rennell Golden. Hello, everyone. I am here with Scott DuPont, also known as the Movie Finance Guy. He is a producer and a filmmaker and a man on a mission to help indie filmmakers achieve their fundraising goals. How are you doing today, Scott? Fantastic. Nice to be on the show. Yes, I'm so glad you're with us today. Um, as we get started, I would love to know a little bit about your journey into becoming the movie finance guy that you are today. Well, I, I guess I just had an early knack for being able to raise money. I was a frustrated actor <sighs> in Orlando, Florida, where I started out. And uh, I figured the fastest way to advance my acting career was to produce movies so I could put myself in my own movies. Oh, I love it. Did you do and that? I did a, a whole bunch of movies in Florida. I've done movies out in California. Okay. And I, I seem to, it seems to always be such a, a struggle and such a tripping point for so many filmmakers, whether they're just trying to do a, a, a $50,000, $100,000 micro budget or a $500,000 million indie, if they can't get the money, there is no movie. So that's uh, the past few years, I developed the whole finance your movie brand um, to help other people navigate that journey. And how has that been going? Are you finding that you're getting good results and people are following the advice and, and doing? Uh, uh, honestly, I, I didn't know how satisfying and rewarding it is but when i get emails or dms on social media from people that got some really good advice off my free podcast it's kind of a nice kind of pat on the back um and then when my whenever my clients get fully financed i'm i'm almost more excited for them than i am for my own projects being finances cuz oh, i wow. cuz i forgot what a thrill it was 25 years ago when my first movie got financed. It was like I was on top of the world. So it's really, it's been really, really satisfying. You, you kind of get to relive that feeling, but through someone else, I guess. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, your podcast is, people can find it under financeyourmovie.com, right? Yep. Or go to moviefinanceguide.com. Either way, uh, Either I drop a new episode every week. And Got a pretty cool guest coming up, Renelle Golden, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully I, I didn't talk too much, but um, I, I'm so excited that you're here because I know that I'm one of those indie filmmakers, and while my projects get bigger and bigger, I have a lot to learn, and somebody like you can just help us all so much. So when people get started and they realize, oh my gosh, in order to make it in this business, I have to actually make my own film. What do I do now? What do you think some of the big mistakes are that new producers, filmmakers make? Well, there's uh, there's five huge, huge mistakes. I see 97% of all the filmmakers out there. And I used to do some of these. I mean, we we learn by experience, right? I'm, I'm certainly true. not the smartest guy in the world, but if you do something for almost 30 years over and over and over again, you learn. You must so be doing I, I something these, right. <laughs> I call these the five shifts. Okay. And I call them a shift because they're almost the reverse of what I see all the other indie filmmakers out there doing. So I'll go oh. through these really, really quickly. 
Okay, num- go slow because I'm going to take notes. Take notes, take <laughs> notes, or play play back the podcast if you're yeah. listening. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> so number one, share the bad news up front. Okay, and I see oh. so many indie filmmakers. They're hyping. They're doing a pitch deck comparing their movie to Top Gun Maverick and just all these big A-list stars they're going to, uh, you know, right. plug in to a $150,000 budgeted movie. Not and it's just, it's really nonsense. So what I mean by sharing the bad news, if in your business plan and if you're in your sharing your idea with potential investors, you're very transparent. Say, look, 70% of all indie filmmakers never get distributed or never make money back. Okay. It's just a fact. Now, what makes our project different is this, 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 this. Okay. So right out of the gate, because if you don't share that bad news, they're going to go home and Google how many independent films lose money. And Google's going to spit out 70%. And if you've said it, that's a bonus because you are being transparent and being honest. Transparent, honest, and authentic. And then you get into some of the upsides what what some of the realistic streaming revenues can be because not every indie film is going to go to the theaters, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, shift number two is learn the pitfalls that nobody talks about. So a lot of indie filmmakers don't like to share their secrets with other indie filmmakers, especially people just out of film school or working on yeah. their first or second film. Especially and with what financing. I'm, so what I mean about the pitfalls are are the obstacles and the really, really tough questions that people now, and, and I don't have time in a podcast to go over uh, what they are, but just for example, one of the things that's going to come up is um, how much money, how much skin do you have in the game? And if you don't have an answer to that question, you're dead. Oh, right. Okay, so that's one of the obstacles. Now, you don't always have to put money. Maybe you have a credit card and you paid some of the legal fees to get your articles of incorporation started. Maybe one of your co-producers loaned you some money to put in. What if you it, wrote the script? Does that count? No, it doesn't. Ah, okay. And That's sweat what equity a for a year doesn't count either. Those are all good things. But if you or one of your team members can put in a, and it doesn't have to be $10,000. Right. It can be a few hundred. It can be something. Okay. So you're proving to all your potential investors, you're overcoming that first obstacle. Okay. Um, Secret weapon. uh, This is shift number three. Okay. And this is really a secret weapon. Um, If, well, actually, actually kind of, it's, it's one of the pitfalls, but I also call it shift number three. Okay. Is you're breaking the number one rule that they teach in all film schools. And you can probably guess what that is. Most film schools that I've spoken at or I attend screenings, the film school teachers will always say, hey, indie films are super, super risky. Whatever you do, don't put any of your own money in. Now, Uh there's a reason why they say that. They don't want you to get hurt. Right. But it's the opposite. If you break this rule, and this, this applies to, this is one of the pitfalls. If you put in a little bit of money in your own film, number right. one, it will help with some of the objections that will come up from potential investors. And number two, it's a huge psychological shift. 
And what I mean by that ownership, right? Ownership. And also it's going to give you this subliminal conf confidence. And I can't describe why or how this happens. Right. Versus I've been on film sometimes with producing partners that later dropped out because they couldn't raise any money. They tried for six months and, right. and they would come back, said, yeah, you know, I, I really didn't want to talk to him. And, and I didn't want to talk to my sister-in-law because it would be really awkward at the family reunion or the barbecue. And, you know, I, I'm not really sure what his money position is. And I didn't feel comfortable going to him. Oh, God, I hear this all the time. So here's the thing. You have nothing to apologize for. Be embarrassed if you're simply sharing a really exciting, incredible movie that you, you are doing, especially if you put a little bit of money in, in the movie yourself, because that shows that you believe in it. Now, if you share the business plan and they don't invest, that's fine. Move on. Don't make a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah. Makes Next. Sense. Definitely. Okay. Number uh, shift number four. Okay. Um, I call this the shortcut to reach twice as many potential investors. And the reason why most of my films get financed and my clients in six months or less. Oh wow! I, well, yeah, I'm glad I'm you had that sign reaction. Up when we're done, I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm well. I'm glad you had that reaction because anyone who tells you, "Oh yeah." $500,000, that's going to take you at least one or two years to raise. That's nonsense. Because here's, here's what I share. I've done this on a couple of podcasts. I've done this at film festivals. Here's the secret, the shortcut. Okay. If you don't prejudge, and what I mean, you don't look for just the, the big film investors, whoever they are, I still don't know, or right. the big, big rich people. Right. Like I was, I was foolish enough to go to David Siegel, who was the timeshare king in Orlando oh. at Westgate Resorts. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. After almost a year, I finally got him on the phone. But he was very kind with me and gave me some advice in that he would not invest with me because he didn't know who I was. Oh, okay. Right? So right. clue number one, don't go to complete strangers that don't even know who you are. Usually doesn't work out well. But if you don't prejudge anybody you can reach two to three to four five times more potential investors wow. right versus just going to this person over here that person you're fast tracking the amount of business plans you get out there right right and the more business plans you get out there in the quickest amount of time you're going to get a few yeses the greater the reward now on top of this shortcut you never, ever, ever, when, when you get a business plan out there and you've all, anyone listening to this has made a film before or, or tried film, you're going to get every once in a while, somebody goes, oh, this kind of looks interesting. Yeah, you know, I talked to my wife and, you know, we're thinking about it. So just that positive feedback, which is great. And if they throw out a number, it's like, hey, we might even be, consider coming in as, a, as an executive producer, then- your antenna go up, your excitement, your dopamine goes through the roof and you tell all your producing partners, hey, I think we might have a potential executive producer. Uh -oh. Then you stop. You're waiting for this person. You stop sending out business plans for two or three weeks. That's bad. No, it's really bad. So yeah. <laughs> you got to keep getting plans out there as fast as you can. And that's really the shortcut 
is getting two to three times as many business plans out. And then you just follow up for the yeses. So you just don't stop. Most people are going to say no. Right. All it takes is one person to say yes. And so don't stop until the money's in the bank is kind of the lesson there. Never, never, ever, ever. Okay. And and here here's the worst. Here's the worst thing that could possibly happen because people always challenge me. They go, Scott. Well, I I, I promised this guy that he could invest. What what if he comes in for the full five hundred thousand dollar budget and someone else comes in and they can't invest? Well, you know what you say. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> that's very very unlikely uh, that two investors are going to come in the same exact week and cap cap your maximum raise out right 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 it's just very unlikely right if that in the unlikely event that did happen you just say hey you know as 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 indicated in the investor agreement first come first serve ah okay you know and here's what i do because i have been capped out a few times because oh, wow. i get so many business plans out there towards the end and i use that as leverage too let's just say I'm doing a $500,000 raise and we got $470,000 in the bank. When I'm getting out the last few business plans, I'm bringing up the two keys you always want to use from the very beginning of your raise. Urgency okay. and scarcity. Oh, Urgency okay. and scarcity. You don't say, hey, here's a business plan. Yeah, take, it, take your time. You'll, yeah. you'll never hear back from them. I love that. So when I get to, when I get to, I do that at the very beginning, but okay. I especially do it at the very end in an honest and ethical way. So I'm at 470. I'm like, look, um, this is going to be a really, really exciting project. Um, I, I put in, I put in the first money, my brother's on board, my cousin, couple, you can name off a few friends, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. here's the good part. We're 470,000. We're literally just a couple of investors away from closing this out. So Look at the business plan. Let me know in the next week if you have any questions because it's first come, first serve. Oh, wow. I urgency. do have a few questions, but I want to hear five first. <laughs> urgency and scarcity. Okay. Um, so shift number five. Okay. So many people, especially out of film school, if you're getting together, you've done a micro budget with some of your friends, say for 50000 Now yeah. you're going to go for it on your first like $250,000 film. So many people... Avoid the shortcut, which is to find a mentor, an advisor, yeah. or a veteran producer who's done exactly what you're trying to do. So let me give you an example. The first movie I ever did in 1998, um, I, I've i never made a feature film, right? Okay. We're trying to raise a million dollars. Right, right. So... We had had this young director writer who was really brilliant. Did, did a, a short film. I had done a short film, but we really didn't have that track record. Let alone, we didn't really know the fastest point from A to Z, which is zero to a million dollars. So we brought on um, a guy named Tracy Frankel, who who basically was a consulting producer or a supervising producer. And there's okay. two things when you bring on. And by the way, this is not a pitch for Scott Dupont. You can look around oh, no, your I'm, I'm, area, I wherever love you are, yeah, and you can find veteran producers you can reach out to and say, look, we're putting together this really, really cool project. We'd like to get you attached. Now, there's two things that can happen here. Number one, having a guy like Tracy Frankel, who had 
25 additional years of experience than we did. We're just a bunch of young kids. Right, right. Right. It yeah. made the business plan look that much more attractive to potential investors because Tracy had all these movie credits. He had been on films that had been distributed as a producer. Right. Number okay. two, if you pay a small amount of money to get a producer attached, it's not like not like paying $50,000 to an actor, which is ridiculous. That's a whole nother yeah. sidebar. You pay a tiny little bit of money or somehow negotiate to get this person attached to your business plan, he or she will also, with their years of wisdom and experience, they'll help you navigate the financing because they've done it before. It's the that, fast track. Yeah, that is such good advice. It's such good advice. I'm always going around, can you mentor me? Can you mentor me? Because I learn from having people more powerful and more knowledgeable on my projects. And in a producing capacity, I mean, there is no wrong there. There really isn't. So, wow, that's good. Interesting. Um, so the fifth one is basically, I forgot, get, get I didn't mentor, write it down. But get, get an advisor mentor. or bring an experienced veteran producer to your team. I love that. Hopefully everybody's heard that or they hit rewind and listen to all five of those again. That, that is just excellent, excellent. That's the fast track. That's, that's really the fast track. And once... Once you do all this, especially if you have a seasoned veteran producer who's done what you're trying to do, you can replicate the model. That's that's why you see certain um, – if you look on people's IMDb, you see certain producers, you know, they did a few lower – They maybe they did a few shorts. This is kind of the common pattern. Okay. They did a few shorts. Maybe they did a music video. Then they started doing features, low low budget usually, 50, yeah. 100,000 maybe. Then they go on to 250, 500,000 million dollar budgets. Yep. And if you're honest and ethical, and you do it the right way and build a foundation, you'll circle back and keep making movies the rest of your life. I love that. I'm working on that now. I, I think that's marvelous advice. It really is. A couple of questions that kind of came to mind from the five. Um, and, and one is, so you're getting your business plan out there. One of the mysteries for me has always been, how do I, like, do I need that elevator pitch prepared and, and that business plan on hand? Like, how do I find those people? That's been my okay. challenge to get them to. Like, I don't okay. have a big family and, or anything like that. I'm kind of alone in the world. And so who do I go to? <laughs> Well, there, there's kind of two two parts to that question. The, the first part, um, elevator pitch, it's it's really more two or three sentences that you want to refine. So when you run into people, you talk to people, you say, hey, you know, how's it going? Long time no see, da 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 And usually when you run into people either on the phone, on a Zoom, or in person, it's very organic. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. What's up? Right. Well, you could be like 50% of all the film producers I know, even in Hollywood, say, <laughs> oh, nothing much. Right? Right. Or somebody goes, hey, Scott, how you doing? Uh, haven't seen you in a while. What, what's going on? Well, I got this. <laughs> I got this really, really exciting documentary project that we're working on right now. And this is not hyperbole, but we think it's going to change the world. And uh, if you want to learn more about it, I'd love to share a business plan with you. That's simple. That's it. One or two sentences. 
just and and really i think we talked about this on your show it's it's a matter of not being afraid to ask that's you're sharing you're sharing sharing you initially just want to share a really and and the business plan by the way it's got to be killer you got to have a great team you got to have a top sheet that's backed up by a detailed line item budget that you have the accurate numbers. Most Um, indie filmmakers on that smaller level, I don't see them even do a business plan. They put- Or or they're doing a pitch deck, which is a big, big no-no. It's not good enough. Yeah. Pitch deck is something you go into, if you're lucky enough to get into Apple TV or or Netflix with. Yeah. Um, A business plan is really- I I do a business plan. 10 to 15 page document that, that- Gets the potential investor really excited about your project and clearly easily outlines how they can make money back. Yeah, yeah. I have an abbreviated business plan, but it still has numbers and things that matter in it. And then I have the full business plan that I use. So instead of a pitch deck, I really don't like them. You don't learn anything from them, but a lot of people use them. They're pretty. I'll say that. (laughs) So, So the second part of your question is I don't have you know, a big family. I don't know a lot of people. So somebody challenged me this on, on one, this is like three or four films ago, maybe six years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And he, he wanted to be a producer. So as a favor, I brought him and said, Hey, if you, if you help us from raise some money, I'll give you uh, I forget. It was either a five or 10% finders fee of any money. This, this gentleman brought in. And if he raised X amount of dollars, I would make him a producer. Well, after like three or four weeks goes, yeah, you know, I reached out to like everybody I know and, and they all said, no, it's like, well, how many people? It's like, oh my God, I must've gotten Three? like 15 <laughs> business plans out there. Oh. And he go, well, that's not surprising. Not, not everyone is excited about a movie. For some people, they don't have that kind of money on hand. But by the way, it was a tiny, tiny minimum investment is 5K. Oh, right. So it wasn't like a twenty-five thousand dollar minimum, right? Or a fifty thousand dollar minimum. It was five k, right? Now, not everyone has five k. I totally understand that, right? In fact, most people don't have that kind of cash around. But you share enough, you'll find some people. So then I go to his Facebook page, and I said, "So that's it. You've gone to everybody." Oh yeah, yes, God, I've gone to everybody. It's like, well, that's interesting because you got four hundred and sixty-seven Facebook friends here. (laughs) <laughs> and that that doesn't even count linkedin right right okay or i asked him to pull up his cell phone he had over 300 contacts in his cell phone oh wow okay, wow. okay. Now, you can't be you can't be afraid you're not you're not being pushy you're not selling. I, in fact, I hate the word sales. It, it's kind of icky. I don't like it. No one likes to walk into a, a a used car dealer where they're trying to really push a certain car at the end of the month to make their right, quota. right. But if you start the process with people you know and simply, hey, I got this really cool, exciting thing going in my life. I'd love to share it with you. Some people are going to say, no, you know, I'm not. That's fine. Then you move on. But if you don't start sharing with people you know and get a few early adopters, yeah, you're never, when you get to the end of your film raise, right. that's when you can sometimes get a few complete and total strangers 
who don't even know who Renell Golden is. But you got to start out the first 80% of your campaign with people you know or that people know you. And do you think um, this is, it's fine like to text them, email them, pick up the phone and call them if we have their phone number, but we go through all of our contacts and we make that effort. A hundred percent. Every way possible. You just, two, two words are the danger zone. I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. You cannot text them or email them. It doesn't work. Okay. That works pretty well sometimes for crowdfunding campaign. If you're looking for a uh, 25, yeah. 50, $100 donation. Yeah. But when you're doing a, a real movie, 250, 500, $750 million. Yeah. It's too, they might not have the 5,000 or the $10,000 minimum. Right. Right. And right. they don't want to say no to you. They don't want to reject you, even though they're not rejecting you. So they'd rather not answer you at all. They, they just delete the email. Yeah. Or they just yeah. don't respond to the text. So yeah. it's critically important that you reach out to people on the phone because they can hear your emotion. It's organic. Hey, let me, let me give you a very specific example. Today, I won't I won't tell you what the movie project was, but and and like when when you run out of people in your phone, yeah, people laugh at this. I say, go to your high school yearbook. They go, what? <laughs> I can't do that. Well, I went to the high school yearbook today. A guy I haven't talked to. I'm I'm dating myself here. It's Uh-oh. been 40, 40 plus years, right? Oh, okay. I I found his number. I texted him. I said, Scott, his name's Scott from Easton, Maryland. Went to Easton, Maryland High School. What an unusual name, right? (laughs) It's been a few years. I would love to catch up. I got something really exciting I want to share with you. Well, I have different movie projects I'm pitching all the time. This particular movie, I won't go into detail what it was. Part of what happened was in Maryland when we lived there. Yeah. And I thought he'd be kind of interested in it. So- we ended up talking for like 25 minutes. It was awesome. We caught up and he said, yeah, that, that sounds really interesting. No promises, but yeah, go ahead and send the business plan. And that was it. Wow. Oh, that's very cool. But very, if you don't cool. reach out, you're going to miss people. Like like on my previous film, uh, Movie Money Confidential, that was a, a documentary well under a million dollars. I won't say the exact budget. Right. But I ran through a lot of people and I I got to not only my high school yearbook, but I went back to my grade school yearbook. Oh, wow. And I found this guy, Robbie Laboon, third grade, called him up, one phone call. He was so excited. Yes, yes, yes. Send me the business plan. He invested within a week. Wow. That's so cool. So cool. Um, Okay. Another question that comes to mind is, how do you decide what your your starting investment might be and how many investors you're willing to have on a project? Let's say it's 500,000. Do you start at 20? Do you start at five or do you get five for a hundred? Like, how do you make those decisions? Any advice? Okay. So for any of the podcast audience listening um, and you can get a clean sheet of paper uh, and yes. draw this. This will help you visualize it very, very clear. And let, let's I'm use a $500,000 example because okay. it's a pretty common uh, budget for uh, an indie film right now. Yeah. So you, you draw a big circle like a pie. Okay. 
Then you draw a circle or excuse me, a line down the middle. So you have a left side of the pie. Okay. And you have a right side of the pie. Okay. That pie makes up a hundred percent, a hundred slices, right? Oh, how so, interesting. Okay. The left side of the pie, that's your investor equity. So that's 50%. The oh. right side of your pie, if you're looking at your diagram that hopefully you've dr drawn so far, that's your producer points, right? Oh. That's going to be Renell. That's okay. going to be Renell's producing partner. If you bring okay. in someone, if you have um, a DP that's really an Emmy award winner and you just can't afford to pay their normal IATSE rate, right. maybe say, hey, I can only pay this but we're going to give you one and a half gross points on the back end. Okay. Right. And then what always happens, there will be other players and sometimes actors when yeah. you can't pay them the big, big money, but you can sweeten the pot with two or three extra points. So okay. at the end of the day, you're going to have 50, what's called the producer points. Okay. And hopefully Renell, you, if you created the project, you're going to end up minimum yourself with 10 to 15 points at the end of the day okay. with sharing with some of the other partners. Gotcha. And then the investors, to answer your question, one gross percent or one point costs $10,000. And the math's real easy because if you took that one point for 10,000 and okay. you multiplied that by 50, because you have 50 points. Yep. There you go. 000. And that makes the base. How That's interesting. Okay. Now, I got to say, be no really, really careful. That. You cannot accept more than 35 uh, accredited investors in a project, right? So mo most of my films, I usually have anywhere between five and 25 investors. That's like an SEC violation if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't go over 35. That's pretty much yeah. the rule to keep safe. Now, the reason I set my minimum at 10,000 is I want to catch a whole bunch of people. If I set my minimum at 25 or 50K, there'd be a lot of people excited about the movie who wouldn't be able to participate. Gotcha. Interesting. And you, you're, not, you're not worried about getting 50 investors because you give an incentive above the 10,000. For example, if you put in 50,000, Maybe you're an associate producer. If you put in a hundred thousand, maybe you're an executive producer. So you can kind of build uh, in these okay. producing titles. And trust me, as you go through the process, um, I don't know if you can see behind me every single one of these yeah. posters. Those are all uh, some of the movies I produced. Sweet, I love every it. Every one of the executive producers who came in for fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, close to a million dollars. They get a better they title. They all wanted, the reason they came in is they wanted that title. Very cool. So you'll have no problem staying under 35 if you structure a $500,000 film. You are really one... brilliant. Wow. That's very cool. One more question and then I'm going to switch because we're going to run out of time. But um, if you are, you put a project out there and it's 500,000 and you hit that 500,000, but you do have, another investor that really wants to put 50 more in, do you ever go over budget or do you stick to what your budget was? Um, I only go over budget if I need to. So my okay. my budgets are so tight. My structure is so organized tight. I usually come in 
on budget, on time, actually under budget. Now, in certain cases, and I'll give you a very specific example. Okay. Two months ago, I'm doing a documentary called Burt Reynolds, The Last Interview. Yes. And I was chasing Quentin Tarantino for four months. Oh, wow. Well, at the last minute, we had already finished the movie. At the last minute, Quentin Tarantino said, yes, if you can come over to my house tomorrow between two and three, you can you can film me. Oh, wow. Well, that we were excited. No brainer. We did it. But bringing Quentin Tarantino on board with a Hollywood crew, because most of the movie was shot in Florida right. at the last minute, we had to then film the Hollywood sign. There's a copyright issue there. So we had to recut the movie, redo the sound mix. Right. Um, so at that point, remember, there's 50 investor points. Those never shrink. They never dilute. They stay the same no matter what. Those points no are locked what. and fixed. Your investors are protected. Okay. Now, because the producer points, I'm one of the main producers. I gladly shrunk my 10 points down a few points, brought gotcha. on some more money, and we have a better film. Gotcha. Okay. Problem solved. Very interesting. This has been so informative. I'm, I'm sure I'll listen to it again. Um, and I'm probably all of my associates and my films I'm working on right now, I will make them do it. <laughs> um, but I really appreciate your time and I hope you will come back. But if you want to have some fun, I have uh, five questions we're going to ask Let's just go. for the heck of it. Yep. They're not really movie related at all. They're just fun so people can know a little bit more about you as a person. So you're ready, aren't you? Ready. First question, what is your favorite food? <laughs> Probably pizza. Uh, oh, my God. It's so funny. The person I interviewed before you said pizza. And I was like, what kind? Do you have a favorite kind? Uh, veggie. It, it veggie. can't go okay. wrong with a good veggie pizza. I love pizza. veggie pizza. All right. That's a good one. Um, favorite thing to drink after being on set all day? Um, probably a, a green drink. I got it right here. It's basically spinach. something healthy. Yeah. Pretty yeah. healthy. Gives, gives me energy after a long day. I love it. I've only had one filmmaker mention an alcoholic beverage. Everyone drinks some type of water. I'm like, now, you people are brilliant. At the very, very end of the day after the martini shot, then it would be a glass of uh, red wine. Something a little, little better, huh? Or little crazy. Um, what is one thing you have always dreamed of doing but haven't done yet? Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> yeah. But go, going to uh, France. Going to France? Okay. Yeah, long overdue. Oh, yeah. You need to do that. My goodness. That, that would be really cool. Uh, favorite song to sing at the top of your lungs when you're driving in the car? Um. <laughs> God, it was that uh, Justin Timberlake song. Um, oh, I'm thinking of Happy, but that's not it. Happy, Happy, yeah. Is it Happy? I yeah, don't it's remember. Just, a, uh, just a, such an upbeat, fun Yeah, it's such a, song. I love that song, and I can't remember the name for sure, but it has Happy in it. Yeah. Uh, okay, last question, and then we'll say goodbye. What is your favorite movie? Probably Braveheart. Really? Yeah, 13 Academy Awards. I mean, yeah. Bill Gibson knocked it out of the park. He did, uh, didn't although he? Top, although that? Top Gun Maverick oh. would be a close second. At, out of this year, that, was, in my opinion, was the best picture. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time picking because I love them all. Even some of the bad ones I love just for... But, what, but what's really special about Braveheart 
is it had a little bit of everything. I mean, it had the battle scenes, it had the revenge, it had the period piece, it had the the romance. Yeah, it covered um, a lot. Yeah, and it had um yeah, it was just really, I mean, that's why it got so many it was Academy Award nominations. Movie. Just it's it's stunning. dated, but uh people still love it. It, yeah, it really is awesome. Well, I thank you so much for uh, spending your time today. You have shared a wealth of information, and um, I do hope that you'll come back and talk to us some more. Any anytime, and any of your audience that wants to get uh, free tips and advice, um, I drop a new episode of Finance Your Movie. You can find it pretty much on any uh, podcast platform out there every week. Awesome. And also they can go to, and I took down your website already, financeyourmovie.com? Yep. Okay. Or moviefinanceguy.com, either one. And then our newest movie, Burt Reynolds, The Last Interview, that'll be out in about uh, a month or two, right around June. So look for that. So excited. Do you know where it's first coming up or? Um. It, it's probably going to go to TVOD, but we are actually shopping. We're circling back to a couple of the big streaming giants. So awesome. there's some stuff in play right now. We want to make sure we uh, we don't undervalue at, uh, get the best deal we can for our investors. Yes, absolutely. Distribution is its own creature, just like financing. So, well, when it gets closer, um, you know, make sure I know and I'll be happy to like spread the word, but I also really want to watch it. I loved Burt Reynolds. Definitely. And and Rick Pamplin, I think he's going to be on your show. He'll yes. give you some more insight into the movie too. Wonderful. I cannot wait. Thank he you He was the again, director, Scott. brilliant director who put it all together. Awesome. I can't wait to meet him too. I appreciate your time. Have a great evening and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Movie Making with Renell Golden. See you next time. This podcast has been sponsored by Samara Entertainment.